Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to the Girl Power Alliance podcast. As always, I have a remarkable woman here to share her story. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see how beautiful she is. Let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. She is a single mom of two teens, Gabriel 12 and Ashlyn 16. She gets filled up and rejuvenated when coming alongside others to empower them and encourage them to be the best version of themselves. In other words, to be who God created them to be. Rachel's experienced supernatural grace in the area of her divorce, and it is her mission to make her breakthrough a corporate breakthrough and a blessing. She loves the outdoors. She lives in Texas, having moved there after a lifetime in Wisconsin. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> That's quite a change from Texas to Wisconsin. Oh, welcome. I mean, the reverse from Wisconsin yeah. to Texas. <laughs> yeah. From so really cold to nice and warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also in, or almost in the last year, I already become a Texan where like 40 is a little bit too cold. <laughs> 40. That's freezing to me. I'm a Southern California native. So 40, I'm literally wearing all the things and I'm like shivering. Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids begged me to turn the heat on. It was down to 62 in here. And I was like, no, it's going to warm up still. We can't do that yet. But I 62. did. I was, I was sitting in it all day and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of chilled. <laughs> That's so fun. In Cal- so for me, born and raised in Southern California, um, if it gets to 70, I literally have a jacket on. Oh, really? Yeah. Outside or inside? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Yeah. I'm a baby. Well, I'm so happy to have you on here today. And um, it's I know this conversation is going to be a blessing to many. When you and I talked on the phone, um, I just, I absolutely love you. I love your mission. I think it's an important thing to talk about. And I'd love for you just to share a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, So I have been married twice, actually. Um, So my kids are both from my first husband. And, um, you know, kind of from the time of ending that first marriage on, I've been trying to find my purpose. I've always known that I've had a purpose and always known that I wanted to come alongside people and encourage them. and just always struggled to find where that exact fit was um, until now. But I've always been outside of the box kind of girl. I'm definitely the different one in my entire family. Most of my family and extended family are all nine to fivers. And why don't you just get the nine to five job? Because, you know, it's hard for them to watch me kind of step out and do things that they're not used to. But I've loved um, the opportunity to really explore who I am and all that God has created me to be um, by taking those steps that look crazy and sometimes they don't work and sometimes they do, but um, I've definitely enjoyed a lot of different things in life and my kids have gotten to experience a lot of different things in life um, by coming along with me on those journeys and seeing the different things that I've 
um, stepped out there to do. And I believe that they've all grown me, um, you know, to bring me where I am today and given me the skills that I have to do the work that God has me here for. So do you consider yourself a coach? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's what you actually call yourself would be, what would you, what's your title for yourself? Um, yes, I would call myself a coach. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not licensed in that way. Um, but I'm not a consultant. I want to, um, take you through, um, whatever you need to walk through, but I'm not on like the mental therapist level, um, in supporting you. And because I've been, um, from one side to the other. So I have that experience to walk people through and, um, I really have, um, a good gift in listening and discernment and being able to, I've had a lot of people like have first conversations with me, you know, we're just meeting for networking or coffee date or whatever. And they're like burying their soul. And they're like, I can't believe that I'm telling you this. And I've never met you before. And I just opened up, like, I don't tell anybody these things. And so, um, I just, it's a natural gift for me to want to come alongside people. That That's a beautiful thing. And specifically, you know, I know you like, I don't want to say specialize, but really one of the things that you're passionate about helping people through is, is that journey through divorce. And I I've been divorced and I will tell you that, you know, in the Christian community, it's like, you have a scarlet letter almost. I mean, it, which is stupid because, you know, technically statistically half of the big church, big C church is 50% is divorced. So, you know, but still, there still is this kind of stigma. Like you almost feel embarrassed to say it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I dealt with that in my own divorce. One of the biggest things was like, you know, everyone tells you God hates divorce and Mm -hmm. that just weighs on you so much. And it's so hard to figure out the right decision to make because you're not only thinking about your kids, if they're, you have kids involved in yourself, but then you've got the weight of the church on you saying, God hates divorce. You can't do that. So, um, don't be a quitter. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. But it happens. So rather than just, you know, being rude to the people, it happens to why don't we be the church and come alongside them and lift them up and still love them and encourage them where they're at. I'm glad to see. I think that things are changing. It seems slow as heck, but I think they are changing. I mean, there was a day you couldn't be an elder or serve in the church if you were divorced. Yes. Yes. And that just doesn't make sense to me because I mean, you, you've got to always go back to, you know, Moses killed someone, <laughs> David slept with someone and God used, you know, outside of marriage and God used those people to do huge things. So we really can't judge anyone for what they've done because you never know what God's plan is for them. Absolutely not. I mean, speaking of David, David had an affair and then had the lady's husband murdered. I mean, right. you know, and what did, what did the Bible say? That David was a man after God's own heart. I know, I know. I mean, that's just, that alone just blesses me. And, you know, there's so many things that the, that the church has put a stigma on and, you know, sadly, I believe it's just kind of the work of the enemy to create separation and division, to keep people from fellowship, to keep people from really God's fullness in their lives. And, and there are, um, divorce is a complex, complicated very painful thing. And for people to say God hates divorce. Yeah, he, I'm sure he does because he knows the ramifications of it. It doesn't mean he hates you and won't bless you. Right. Exactly. Yep. And we can certainly make those ramifications 
a lot less if we operate in a divorce, still trying to honor God and honor each other. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that you help people walk through because emotions are typically, I mean, I don't think it's the norm that people are just like, Hey, yeah, we're not going to make it, but you know, I wish you the best of luck. People are hurt. You know, they're angry, especially depending on the situation. They could be feeling a lot of resentment from getting to that point and feeling like that, you know, they didn't have a choice, but to do that. So there's just a lot wrapped up in it. Yes. Yeah. And I have a pretty crazy story from my first marriage and I won't go into it, but, um, happy to share with anyone who wants to maybe reach out to me separately. It's not like I just had this mm, kind of falling out of love. It's not working out. It's pretty involved and a lot of affairs and some pretty crazy stuff, but I still have managed to, of course, with God's supernatural help, um, you know, let all of that go. And I, I mean, I just talked to my ex-husband, um, this morning, we had a 15 minute phone conversation. Um, so it's definitely possible regardless of the situation and not because of the two people in the divorce, but because of what God can do. It's, it's such a mature, uh, thing to do, which, and it feels so hard when you're in the throes of pain and feeling like, you know, you were wronged or whatever. It's such a mature thing. It's real. It, it is so much easier to say these things than to, to walk through it, especially when you're in it. And I didn't have a super messy divorce. We were children, basically. We were very young and, um, I just was young. I was young and I think I was selfish and, you know, the person I am today, I, I wouldn't get a divorce. The person I, I am today for those same reasons, but at the time I did. And, you know, God is so good. I mean, this just, I just feel like he shows us so often how much he loves us. He's so good. Here I did a thing. I broke apart a family. The, the the ramifications of divorce on my older two children are lifelong. Yes. Even in an amicable situation. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just goes on for the remainder of life because now this family is separated and just all, all the dynamics that go into it. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, God brought an amazing man into my life and allowed me to get married again to somebody who was literally perfect for me. And so I, I attribute that only to the, the love and grace of God, certainly because I didn't deserve it. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, and as you were talking about, you know, the ramifications on your two older children, that's also one of the things that why I love to be involved in divorced families is because you have the opportunity to help I have the opportunity to help them walk through um, and process what they're feeling, but like not in a clinical way, um, helping them understand. And also, you know, the the parents that are now co-parents involved, the mind of Christ and their identities, which come from, you know, we are kings or sorry, princes and princesses of the king. And we are royal inheritance. And so, uh, so many of us are brought up in this world thinking that we're paupers and built in the poverty mindset. And that, if you don't break out of that as you're going through the divorce process, especially, and as children, all of the feelings and the emotions and the failure that maybe is not yours, but you take on in that proper mindset just kind of magnifies and that's how you carry it into the rest of your life. 
Um, but there is the opportunity to um, flip things and understand your identity and really operate from heaven down to earth instead of operating from earth to heaven. So operating in the identity of a child of the king. And it's not ever going to completely take away um, and erase, you know, what happened in the past, but it'll certainly give you a couple steps up to stand on as you're going through life and to make things different for your future. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing because I think most people can't do it without somebody walking them through that because you're, you're like in the thick of it and you have the ability to have perspective, right? You're, you're outside here and you're, you're on the other side of it because you've already walked through that to this Mm -hmm. point. So it's a, it's a, it's really important. And so how old were your children when you got divorced? They were nine and five. So they're old enough to know. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've always appreciated, um, you know, me keeping the relationship, not even just amicable, but friendly and comfortable and normal between their dad. And we actually have kind of an interesting relationship because he has a previous, um, son from a previous marriage. And so, um, we're very good friends with, um, his ex and her parents. And so, like we can get together as a big extended mixed up family and all have fun together and laugh. And, you know, we care about each other throughout the year. Um, and that's really been impactful for my kids, um, to feel as close to normal, um, as we can. I didn't have that when I was a child growing up, it was always very awkward between my mom and my dad. And it still is today because mm. they didn't have anyone walking through this with them. And so they're just kind of reacting as the world kind of tells them it's okay and normal. Yeah. And again, kind of back to that conversation or the, or the thought of, you know, really maturing, it takes a level of spiritual growth and maturity to see things from a, a perspective higher than just this, like you. And nothing will make you do that more than being a parent. And I'm always saddened when I hear about people that are walking, going through a divorce and the stuff that hap- that they do. And I, I don't want to say that they're doing it on purpose, but, but it would look that way. And, you know, not thinking at all about the ramifications of, you know, what, what, it, how it's impacting the kids. I, w- like you, we had a very, it, it wasn't, like we didn't even have anything to fight over. We didn't own anything. We were young and, you know, um, and we didn't fight over the kids. We always lived very close to each other within a couple of blocks for many, many years when the kids were young and school aged. And we always went to everything together. Matter of fact, when he got remarried, he got remarried before I did. Um, I did the hair and makeup for their wedding because that's what I did back then. So, you know, we always um, made every effort to I mean, it's not normal, but to try to give kid, the kids that, and, you know, even if I felt something, I never said it to the kids, especially when they're young. I can say things now, like joking, um, with the kids about him, like kind of derogatory, like, well, you know, your dad, which I would never have said that then. But I, but I, I think that is more rare than it is common because there's, they're just, I think the pain becomes your identity in divorce a lot of times. 
Yes. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And so being a Christian on top of the pain, right. Then you have all this shame. You have yeah. both of them like t- tapping on you at the same time. And I've, um, have friends that have gone to our church, you know, couples, they get divorced and then like people, <laughs> it's just a weird thing. People choose sides and then the one will stay at the church and then the one will leave. It's just an interesting and sad dynamic that we haven't yet. We still haven't yet learned how to walk alongside people. So what you're doing is I wish, I wish it was more common. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up a really good point too. I mean, there, there really is a whole ministry here that could be done because aside from working with just the family, like you mentioned, working with the friends and the extended family so that we could all just treat each other and, you know, such a, in a loving way where, you know, you do the best that you can with what you have at the time. And if everybody understood that about each other, whether you're involved in the divorce, the divorce directly or not, I mean, the world would be a better place. <laughs> it's such it really a cliche, cliche, cliche thing to say. Um, but it's really, it all really boils down to the mindset and understanding your own identity. And the enemy has definitely done a really good job of stripping that away from so many people that you you create that identity with labels and the judgments of yourself and other people. And it just becomes a big mess. So I work to strip that all away and get back to the truth. Um, As you were talking, I had this thought of, you know, here you are walking, helping people to walk through uh, one of the hardest times of their lives. And with your knowledge, just personally, and then now the knowledge of working with people and working with families, you would be an amazing pre-marriage counselor or like, I know that's not your, what you call yourself, but like how, what an amazing thing to be able to bring conversations up that, you know, when you're in love and you're excited about, you know, this wedding, getting married, there are things, there's just things you don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's always going to be something that you don't know no matter what area of life you're in. And yeah, I'm grateful that people are moving to this place where they understand how important it is to have a mentor, a coach, someone walking alongside them to, to share with them what they don't know. And that we can kind of get to this place where we're humbling ourselves and kind of laying the ego down um, to admit we don't know what we don't know. Um, But I would absolutely love, and you know, I try to do that with my children already, just kind of preparing them with the right mindset about themselves, about marriage, about, you know, having conversations with their spouse and even what they're doing now and how that can impact that relationship. Um, Because those are conversations that I didn't get to have when I was uh, a kid. And so a lot of my decisions that I made leading up to my first marriage, God wasn't in them and I didn't have a prepared mind going up to who my first husband was going to be. Right. And that made an absolutely huge difference because, you know, I was just kind of grabbing here and grabbing there and taking what worked and it wasn't God's best for me. Now I'm certainly not going to um, ever say I would not do it. Right. Not done it because I love my kids. You wouldn't have your kids. Right. And the experience. And, you know, I am who I am today because of everything that I've gone through, but if I can prepare people with the right mindset 
going into it as well. Yeah. It's a great, great insight. Well, I just think it's a, it's a, I'm glad that the conversations are being had and, you know, it's an interesting thing this year in particular in 2020, because, you know, I feel that for many years and when I was years ago, when I stood behind the chair as a, as a stylist and a makeup artist, I did a lot of weddings. And so you work with people for, you know, a long time leading up to the wedding and, and all they talk about is that day. Like they, they spend a year planning a day, like a, a four or five hour day. And I always used to say to anybody that listened, you know, if people spent that amount of time planning for their marriage, like they were planning for the day, then the divorce rate would be cut like in half. And, you know, it's interesting because people could have weddings this year in 2020. They couldn't do, they couldn't do this big ceremony that some of them that many of it had been planned. I've seen backyard weddings. I've seen, you know, living room weddings. You've seen all this thing. And it, it like warms my heart because it takes the focus off of the event and it puts it now on the couple. And I think that's like, again, the enemy has used this beautiful, um, you know, covenant thing that you make this covenant between each other and God, and he's turned it into this big party and nobody cares about the covenant. they just care about this event. Yes. yes. So hopefully there's a shift now. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe this is a shift forever because of the inability to plan these big things, but people still want to be married. So that's encouraging to me. Definitely. Yeah. Completely agree. And how fun, how fun would it be to like go into a wedding, having kept it small and not stepping into your first day of marriage with thirty thousand dollars that, which is like one of the biggest reasons why people get divorced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. So, um, are you, do you have, are you doing one-on-one coaching or do you have curriculum? Tell everybody that's listening, like what you have to offer. Sure. Um, so I work on a three month program, um, which involves, um, up to three one-on-one coaching calls a month. And then a group um, mastermind each month. Um, so as the program grows, um, I'm looking to do groups with the males separate and the females so that they can have that like-minded encouragement. Um, and then we also have um, like curriculum homework to walk through. Um, I work on two concepts a month to help people understand and regain their identity and then focusing on um, the aspects of loving and respecting um, kind of all the outside people involved and then that relationship between them and their children as well. Um, And that also is going to involve uh, an interview with each of my children. Um, I'd love to interview other people's children. However, I know that's kind of, um, that may get a little bit iffy with privacy or parents' comfortability with that. But I think the insight that we can gain from children who have gone through divorce and um, their perspective on what they felt at the time that they maybe have never talked about because they weren't sure if it was right to feel that way or, um, you know, and what they feel being in relationship with um, another significant other that's brought into this situation. And, what they would want that to look like. Whereas we think we've been 
there's a lot of information out, out there about blending families and how you're supposed to blend and make this beautiful, perfect family and you're all one. And it's like, hmm, that just causes more stress and it does even more damage to the children. So um, it's really valuable to have that insight too from the kids. Um, so yeah, three months um, of coaching with me. And then as the program grows, of course, um, because I'm just beginning, um, there's definitely going to be ongoing like graduate. I do have a Facebook group for my clients and um, I just see this all eventually turning into um, a new a movement in the earth of a new way of handling divorce and which is why I gave it the name Pinnacle Parent um, because it's a choice it's a choice that you can make to not be a co-parent, but to be a pinnacle parent, mm. kind of rise above and restore, um, restore each other to a place of honor, because that's what God can do when you choose to kind of submit and surrender um, to the work that he can do. And um, I just thought it was a really great kind of catchy phrase for a movement. So I love it. I absolutely love it. And how can people find you? Um, so you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's just facebook.com forward slash at Pinnacle Parent. Um, and then pinnacleparent at gmail.com is my email. Do you have a website? I do not have a website yet. Um, so one of the things that I have been working on and stepping out in faith in is knowing that this is something that God has called me to. And so I want to be bold and taking the steps to actually build it um, professionally and officially. So I've been yeah. getting a lot of um, quotes on, you know, having help with that. So that's in the works. Um, and it takes a lot of faith to go through those steps. Um, yes, it does. I just recently had, like as of 24 hours ago, had a little, whoops, that didn't quite go as it was planned on. So um, we're starting that square one again with a few things, but I know that this is something that God has called me to. So I know that he's going to just open the next door. Yeah. Yes, he absolutely will. So don't worry if, uh, you didn't write that down or whatever, all of her information will be in the show notes of the podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be right below in the information about the video. And, um, I just, I think what, like I said, I've said it to you, I feel like a bunch of times that I feel like what you're doing is so important for so many reasons and, and your impact, you'll, you won't even know the impact that you're having because it's not just on the person, it's on the children. And that impacts, you know what I mean? Just this huge sphere of people in the extended family and the friends and when the kids grow up. And so what you're doing, it's totally, it's just holy work. And so I just want to speak that into you and thank you and keep going. And, uh, I just appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on here today and sharing your mission. Thank you so much for letting me have some time with you to share it. I appreciate it. Um, there will be, I'm sure more to come. So watch out for her, find her, follow her, connect with her. If you know somebody that's going through a divorce, just refer them over because whether they think or ask for help, think they need help or ask for help or not, I promise you they do. <laughs> they, they need help and support in ways that they don't even understand. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Isn't it great that there are people like Rachel out there who are on the path to help 
us navigate our way through really rough times like that, like divorce. It's just, it's a very painful thing to go through for everybody that's involved. And so thank goodness for people like Rachel. You know, the Girl Power Alliance community is filled with women that have a heart to take the tragedy, the trials, the brokenness that they've gone through and turn it into something beautiful to help other people as they walk through tragedy, triumph, uh, trials, and brokenness. That's what we love about our community. Head over on Facebook to GPA Inner Circle to join our private group. And if you want to go even deeper, if you want to get intentional about growing, head over to girlpoweralliance.com, become a member, sign up for Radiant Leadership Academy. There's just a number of ways that you can dig in and intentionally grow to create this incredibly beautiful mosaic of your life where the broken pieces come together and create something even better than what you thought, even better than you could have ever imagined. And that's how God works. Here at Girl Power Alliance, never forget, this is where women grow.